0: day, and welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. It's a really, really interesting idea. The state of Michigan is spending $5 million in federal COVID relief money on what they're calling a vaccine lottery. Now, the idea behind the My Shot to Win lottery is of course to motivate vaccine hesitant and resistant residents to get their shots as inoculation rates remain really sluggish here in our state. We now have a first round of winners of $50,000 prizes through this lottery and officials are soon gonna announce winners of the $1 million and $2 million grand prizes along with other prizes including some college scholarships. But after all of the hope and all of the hype surrounding this lottery, it looks like it's actually not working. That's because vaccination rates haven't improved in any significant way since the governor announced this incentive. My next guest says no one should be surprised by these underwhelming results. That's where we begin the conversation today and joining us now to talk about why the vaccination lottery may be failing is Dustin Walsh. He covers healthcare for Cranes Detroit business and has a column in Cranes this week titled Vaccination Lotteries Don't Move the Needle on COVID Inoculations. Dustin, welcome back to Detroit Today.
1: Thanks, Stephen.
0: Uh, so, what have vaccination rates looked like since the governor announced the My Shot to Win sweepstakes? And this was back on July 1st.
1: Right. So, well, they they've improved about less than one percent. And that's 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 how many more people have gotten the uh, uh, the vaccine. So so the actual rate has declined significantly Um, since May, um, you know, vaccination rates have fallen 75 percent in the in this in the state of Michigan. Um, So really, you know, the number continues to trend downward for how many people every single day uh, get inoculated. Um, so, so by that measure, it doesn't appear that the, the vaccine uh, lottery has, has done much to, 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 to improve that.
0: Hmm. So you say it should be no surprise that this program is failing. You say these programs simply don't produce the correct incentive, but it's money. $50,000 in some cases, $1 million and $2 million prizes. What, what's wrong with offering money to people to get uh, vaccinated?
1: Right. Well, if you look at who's left to to get vaccinated, all of us that, that really wanted to get vaccinated have, have done so. So the, the people that are left are really the people that have a strongly held belief against the vaccine for one reason or another. Um, generally speaking, I think when you get into certain communities, you can you can make an argument that access is um, is the real deterrent. But but in the in the general broad public, it's just people don't want to get it. Um, and historically, if we look at lotteries, they don't really incentivize people to to, to really do anything. Um, you know, yes, it's a lot of money, but, uh, you know, guaranteed money has always been the the, the very large motivator. Um, you know, as I referenced in the in the column, there was a study done on U.K. students for sexually transmitted diseases. Uh, the control group, only 1.5% of the population received a screening. Uh, when they added a lottery, which was only 200 British pounds, so it wasn't a ton of money, but for a college student, that's a decent money, it only climbed 2.8%. But as soon as they started giving them five pounds, five British pounds to get screened, the rate jumped to 22.8%. Yeah. Um, so you can see that just that little bit of money guaranteed moved the needle far more than, than a lottery of, of only 200 British pounds. Yeah. Um, and so the same sort of thing is here. It's, it's, it's a $5 million lottery, but um, you know, our weekly lotteries that we have generally are far more money than that. Um, you know, it's it's way more to to play the Mega Millions. So 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 why go get inoculated uh, for for a much smaller prize?
0: Yeah. So so how does this fit into the pattern of other states that have tried similar lotteries with the hopes of boosting? Their vaccination rates are, are. Are states striking out all over the place with this?
1: Yeah, more than half of the U.S. states are doing some sort of lotteries. Um, They're often. Uh, usually, it's money. Um, some cases, it's scholarships. Some cases, it's guns. In the case of um, uh, Montana, I believe. Um, but there, there, there are states that are trying it. Uh, more than half the U.S. states are trying it, and none of them have have really improved. I mean, there are plenty of states that that aren't doing these lotteries that are actually doing better. Um new jersey is is high, has a higher vaccination rate than, than Michigan. Um, you know, so in the, the list goes on. Um so, so really, no state has really improved their chances here at and you know, getting a large number of people uh, inoculated uh, via lottery.
0: Hmm. I'm talking with Dustin Walsh. He covers health care for Cranes, Detroit business, and has a column in Cranes this Week that's titled. Vaccination lotteries don't move the needle on COVID inoculations. We're talking about this lottery that the governor announced on July 1st as a way to get more people to sign up to get COVID-19 vaccinations. We've been really sluggish here in the state of Michigan with the rate of people uh, deciding to get vaccinations. That, of course, leaves us much more vulnerable to the future iterations of COVID to these variants that are Really, really uh, spreading quite fast around the country. Uh, it, it makes it much more difficult to get back to the idea of normalcy in our lives. Uh, the governor came up with this idea and figured, uh, hey, maybe this will, maybe this will convince a lot of people uh, to get the vaccination. The early results suggest it has not, that uh, it hasn't moved the needle in any significant way. Uh, if you'd like to join the conversation, we'd love to hear whether you are somebody who entered the My Shot to Win vaccine lottery and whether it motivated you to get your vaccine Also, give us a sense of if you think this is a good approach or do you think it's kind of misguided given the fact that so far it hasn't done much to improve our vaccination rates. Also, give us a call and tell us what you think would be a persuasive way to get people, more people, to sign up for vaccinations. What is it that we need to do to make sure that uh, we reach that uh, 70 percent, that magic number that they're saying will bring us to some sort of herd immunity and certainly would make things much more predictable and stable with regard to the future of uh, what COVID is going to look like in our lives. As always, the number on the phones here is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work you into the conversation. We've already got a number of uh, social media comments that I want to I inject into the conversation here. David uh, on Twitter says, full approval by the U.S. FDA would not hurt. Might give more organizations the courage to make the vaccine mandatory. I think that's a really interesting idea. Uh, Glenn on Twitter says, influencers at the closest possible connection are the only way to potentially alter free will. One, family. Two, those that influence in a personal interest way, he has a link in his uh, in his tweet to a story about 60 plus Michigan-based Black influencers uh, to follow, which uh, uh, I think he's suggesting is uh, one of the ways that people could be persuaded to to get the shot. Um, uh, Kelsey, uh, I'm sorry, it's not Kelsey, Aunt Squirrel on the Twitter says, death of a loved one. Impending death is a pretty good motivator. At this point, it appears that's what's left. Uh, as always, again, 313-577-1019 is the number here on the phones. Let's go to Audra in Detroit. Audra, what's on your mind? Hi. Hey.
2: Um, I was just going to say, if they're willing to give a million dollars away in a lottery, why not just divide that money up into $100 increments and give it away to the first however many people that is? Just like they said, that was working a little bit with the five pounds. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, if you want to give away the money, actually, just give it away to the people. They all need it. Yeah. Uh, Audra. That's my comment.
0: Yeah, Audra, that's a great great idea. Uh, Dustin Walsh did... Did the governor and and her people consider that kind of approach as opposed to doing it the other way?
1: Well, they may have considered it, but I think there's a. By the way, I agree with that approach. Um, Giving people money um, would would in fact move the needle. Uh, The issue is that it's it's far more expensive. So if you took that five million people, um, you know, the governor needs um, some six hundred thousand people to get to the seventy percent goal. Um, You're talking about everyone getting eight dollars and change if you're just using five that $5 million. Um, So I think, you know, by that, this is the cheapest way. And and in a way, it's a, it's a $5 million marketing campaign more than a giveaway. Um, So, so, you you know, it just, maybe the marketing campaign didn't work. Uh, But yes, obviously giving people money directly would, would certainly do a a bigger thing. It's just a lot more expensive.
0: Mm. Uh, Andra again, thanks very much for the call and the really inventive uh, suggestion. Let's go to David in Royal Oak. David, what's on your mind? Hey, good morning guys. Hey,
1: You know, um, I would agree with Audra. That's a good point. It probably would help. But the truth is, no one that doesn't want to get vaccinated is going to get vaccinated, whether you offer them money or a lottery ticket. And that's fine. What we need to do is stop worrying about other people. It's not about scaring them with the new variant. We're already on about the fifth new scary variant. And the truth is, I know people who have been around it who didn't contact it and I know people who have got it and
2: didn't get very sick. And that's fine too. Everyone needs to just worry about themselves at this point.
0: Hmm. David, uh, I, I understand that perspective, but I got to say, I really don't, uh, don't, don't agree. I mean, first of all, we, we do have to worry about each other here because a- as we've seen with COVID, know, it doesn't doesn't discriminate. Everybody is sort of equally vulnerable if they're not vaccinated. Uh, It's also true that there are people who are immunocompromised, people who have other kinds of conditions, which means they can't get the vaccine. And those of us who choose not to get the vaccine uh, are making them more vulnerable by by caring and spreading the disease uh, more freely. Uh, David, I'd also encourage you to take a look at what's going on in some other states. Uh, I have family that live in Missouri and uh, what they've seen in that state over the last few weeks in terms of the increase in hospitalizations, the increase in the number of deaths is really frightening. Uh, there is a real surge in that state and several other states around it uh, that suggests that we're we're not really past this crisis if people are not going to get vaccinated. And Missouri is another place where they've had a really hard time uh, making sure that people do get the shots. So, uh, David, I mean, the the idea of all of us kind of living on an island and every person for themselves, I think, is an attractive ideological uh, position to some folks. Uh, it, It is not a very practical approach to this. And it's quite dangerous. Uh, it's not just about our own free will here. This is about the collective good. And I know it's hard sometimes to think about doing things for that good or for others. But uh, this is a place where where we really do need you to do that. Um, so again, appreciate the call, but really disagree with your take here. Uh, let's go to John and Jeff- Jefferson Chalmers. John, welcome to the show. Good morning. Hey.
2: So uh, I I just have to start off by saying uh, that viewpoint is why not only this pandemic, but just where we are in this world, we are not islands. We are all together, and uh, we're in this together. So what I want to speak to is uh, the good news from the uh, entertainment industry, and they're going to pretty much demand vaccinations for actors, stagehands and and everybody else and I think that's great because uh I'm very fearful of of where this is going.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, John, I really appreciate the call uh and the comments. Uh, uh Dustin, this this idea of all people for themselves and and not kind of connecting the dots with regard to the way that this is a community issue is at the heart of what the governor is trying to get at here maybe the approach here is is too individual in other words that uh, it's not necessarily about whether you can get money for it but what are they doing to try to to try to coax this idea that we need to get the shot to keep everybody safe
1: Right. I mean, to, to Glenn's tweet uh, that you had mentioned earlier, uh, you know, yes, you know, you, talking to your family, talking to your doctor, um, you know, these are the things that, that are sort of, you know, been pushed out there that people hope will, will sort of do it. Um, I, I will argue that money is inevitably the greatest motivator to do anything. Um, but, you know, the really the most effective tool, as, as the last caller mentioned, is mandates. Um, you know, if we look at what's gone on in uh, in the health systems, um, you know, locally, Henry Ford and Trinity have have mandated the vaccine, um, you know, to to uh, you know protests and everything else. But um, you know, if these health systems are sitting at the sixty to seventy percent range of employees vaccinated, getting uh, you know up to one hundred percent or ninety nine percent, that's a, that's moving the needle a lot. And uh, you know, healthcare is the largest employer in the state of Michigan. Um, so if they all start mandating and, you know, with the, all those systems are sort of sitting in that 70% range right now and they get up to, you know, we'll say 99%, uh, assuming 1% uh, disagree, leave, quit, or fired, um, you know, that's a lot of people uh, to, to get uh, vaccinated. So um, I do suspect mandates are going to happen a little more broadly, um, particularly in the healthcare industry and, and um, especially after the FDA approves the Pfizer vaccine, which could happen. Um, we assume in the, in the next month or two. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's when you're really going to see it, um, you know, and, and hopefully we get to those numbers. But, um, you, you know, you, you're right. I, I don't I don't know. It is a dangerous idea that, that people can do whatever they want. Um, uh, while while, of course, you know, individually, you want to agree on that. Um, you know, this is why we are seeing the, the different variants. Um, and it's only a matter of time before one of those variants makes the vaccines almost useless. Yeah. Um, and so that's why we, everyone is being urged to, to actually get vaccinated. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, let's go to Lisa and Taylor. Lisa, welcome to the show. Hi. Hey. Um, I got my
1: vaccine in January, so I entered the sweepstakes, but I also work at a federally qualified health center where we've given a lot of vaccine and the people who are coming in now, they know, they know about the lottery. They're happy if I tell them about it. But the reason they're there, there's two reasons. Either they were in the wait-and-see camp. They needed to see what happened to people around them before they decided. Or finally their mother or their grandma or their auntie got to them and told them they had to get it and finally wore them down.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, that seems to be much more effective, that non one communication with people they trust. We can throw facts and figures at them right now. They know those. They just need to see, on a level that speaks to them, a
2: reason to get the shot.
0: Huh. Yeah, I, Lisa, I'm really glad uh, you called and shared that perspective. Uh, and, and I think the idea of you know people who are on the ground and experiencing this uh, um, that that makes total sense. The 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 personal approach, the the individual convincing. That, uh, that people are trying to do. Um, it's, it's a really difficult argument to have, it's a really difficult conversation to have, but as you point out, seems to be working, at least, uh, with, with with some folks. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. and When we come back, we are going to continue this conversation about the vaccination lottery and other methods of trying to get our fellow Michiganders to take the shot. We want to also continue to hear from you. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today.
2: music, culture, and community
0: every day on 1019 WDET.
2: Detroit's NPR station.
0: You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm glad you've joined us. My guest is Dustin Walsh. He covers healthcare for Cranes Detroit Business and has a column in Cranes This Week titled Vaccination Lotteries Don't Move the Needle on COVID Inoculations. It's about the failure of this incentive that the governor came up with on July 1st to essentially treat vaccinations like a lottery that uh, you could enter and win as much as $2 million for getting vaccinated. After 30 days, though, it turns out that that hasn't really moved the needle in a significant way. That We are still falling behind in terms of uh, the vaccination rate overall here in the state of Michigan. The question is why and also what could we do that would convince more people to join the ranks of people vaccinated against COVID-19. We want to hear from you as well. What do you think about this lottery? Did you enter this lottery? Was this one of the things that persuaded you to get a vaccination? Uh, also give us a call and just tell us what you think about the idea of trying to convince people that they need to get the shot. What are the things we should be doing? What methods do you think would actually work? 313-577-1019 is the number here on the phones. That's 313 577 one oh one nine. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and to Twitter, put comments there, and we'll we'll work you into the conversation. Uh, let's go back to the phones here. Chris in Detroit, you're up next.
2: Hey Stephen, thanks for taking my call. Uh-huh. So there was an earlier caller named Dave uh, that um, you know expressed a, I think a somewhat controversial view that comes off a little bit flippant. Like, you know, basically it's, you know, it's up to every, every person for themselves, you know, um, and uh, I, I don't agree with what he's saying fully because I think that the context can come off wrong. It can come off like there's no way to uh, encourage people or that, you know, this is all our own sort of personal right or personal, you know, responsibility to look after ourselves. To a certain extent, that's always true in life. For the people in my life who were vaccine ha- hesitant, basically, I just really recommended to them that, you know, my perspective is that there's sort of a greater good, sort of, I guess you could call it a utilitarian purpose, that even if myself, I'm not too concerned about getting, you know, morbidly sick from the, vac- from, uh, the coronavirus, that, you know, still my, my reassurance that I'm not going to somehow infect somebody else is worth whatever the cost of having been vaccinated is. And I think that's been somewhat effective. Mm. But realistically, lotteries and um, coercive measures, I think, are only going to go so far. I mean, there are a lot of people within the public that really are not going to willfully take on this vaccine. So to that end, like, I think that what the the former caller, Dave, was trying to represent is, to a certain extent, a degree of realism Mm in so far is that people are ultimately going to choose to do what they're going to do. And to a certain extent, we we as the public who are vaccinated, who have done the most that we can do. I, I don't think that we can we spend a lot of energy worrying about those people. Mm-hmm. And I think the best thing that I would really recommend is if you can lean into in a positive way, you know, your your people around you in your community and encourage them to understand that this is the way out you know I, I was riding my bike you know in uh in old redford yesterday and i saw a guy walking by himself with a car- with a dual cartridge like filtration mask on mm-hmm. all by himself in the outdoor mm-hmm. air mm-hmm. and i see a lot of that kind of stuff in the city of detroit and i feel like there's a lot of people in the city who have basically said well i'm not going to get the vaccine but i'm going to go on with this
0: i'm going to continue these
2: types of vaccination uh, 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 of masking and i just think that i think that we as a community need to stop saying well that's okay those people are just scared keep doing that no you shouldn't do that you should get the vaccine yeah. because that's a preventative chris, measure and I, I think that's an important point yeah that chris, I, I, hope I, that
0: chris you... I appreciate the call and, and and the points you're making here and and uh, listen i I think that that there is a difficulty in convincing people to change their personal behavior. But I also think that one of the things that we haven't talked a whole lot about and that probably ought to be a a little more subject of conversation is how the private sector deals with this, right? You make the point that people are going to do what they want to do. Well, if people couldn't do the things that they want to do, if they didn't have vaccinations – I think more people would go along with it. For instance, I have said for a long time that the airline industry should be saying you cannot get on a plane unless you're vaccinated. Now, there are going to need to be exceptions for people who can't get them and things like that. But in general, that should be that should be a prerequisite. How many people would would give up their right to travel, for instance, Uh if they did you know uh, for not getting a vaccination uh, restaurants uh, why why shouldn't a restaurant say uh, to be seated here you need to you need to show that you were vaccinated i went to an event in new york in june and to get into the venue there i had to show a copy of my vaccination card they weren't letting people in who weren't vaccinated that is the kind of mandate or motivation that i think uh, we could see and it's the private sector that i think has to embrace that rather than government because it's the private sector uh, that controls a lot of the things that we want to do dustin what do you what do you think about that
1: uh yeah that's that's correct so if you look at uh detroit regional chamber did a study back in june asking people that were unvaccinated you know what would convince you um you know the 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 lowest on that was 5%, which was a lottery. Um, the highest on that was, was around 25%, I believe. And that was if my employer or my school forces me to. Um, so I think, I think that's going to be the biggest thing. And then below that, as you had mentioned, is going to you know, baseball games, uh, concerts. Um, people really want to do those things again. And if they can't do those things without getting vaccinated, maybe they will. Um, but I think, you know, I think the biggest move around that, as you said, in the private sector is going to be the employee mandate. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of employers are sitting on the fence simply because of the worry of lawsuits, even if, you know, they are, they are well within their legal right, but dealing with a lawsuit is, is expensive and painful. Um, and they don't want to do it right. They don't want to force their employees to do it. But if, if these variants keep happening, um, and we can't control this, uh, you know, I like to think of the auto sector, um, you know, manufacturers, manufacturers, um, you know, it was a nightmare. It has been a nightmare. People do get sick on the plant floor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they try to keep this quiet and they try to have these protocols in place, but they don't always work. And it's not a, a good thing, particularly when, when I will mention that we are in the middle of a, um, a labor shortage. Mm-hmm. Uh, they need every employee on that floor to work. They're already working insane hours and in overtime. So if we can't get this uh, under control, I, I have to imagine that there are going to be some extremes and they're going to start pulling the mandate card um, for employees. Um, at these plants, or you know, you know, I think the health se- sector obviously goes first, but it, but it could go down, um, and that's when you really start seeing numbers move. People, people, you know, want to have jobs; they don't want to lose, you know, uh, retirement plans and everything else. Yeah. Um, and so th- that's really where I think, you know, the biggest uh, motivator is, is 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 really being forced
0: to. So so before I let you go, Dustin, I want to ask about the future of this lottery program, is it going to continue? And maybe also, if you could weigh in on whether you think maybe it's just too early to determine whether it's effective. It's only been 30 days, uh, 21 days, in fact. Uh, of course. Yeah, that's, it, it's very it possible that,
1: yeah. that maybe just not enough people knew about it or, or you know, it's going to take time and, and maybe people, you know, start seeing these winter winners on the news they saw last week and then t- today in another half an hour, they'll be announcing more um so maybe that will incentivize people it's it's entirely possible it hasn't worked it didn't work in ohio um uh, so so i'm sort of skeptical that it's going to work at all but but it is possible um and it expires on august 3rd uh you know unless the numbers move i I don't see why they would they would dip into the um to the pot of money they've got from the government to uh, from the federal government to do it again um i suspect they would try to come up with a, a newer more creative way to do this and and um and that's fine i mean i think you know throwing What you have at the wall uh, in this case is probably um, an apt move. Um, So no harm in trying. Um, It's just we have to recognize when things don't work.
0: Okay. Uh, Dustin Walsh, always great to talk with you here on Detroit Today. Thanks so much for joining us for this conversation.
1: Thanks, Stephen. Pleasure.
0: We're going to take another break, and when we come back, we're going to talk with an author and psychiatry professor about her book, which explores the intersection of mental illness and mass incarceration. Stay with us for more Detroit Today.